Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Nine. T-minus eight seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will. I'm sitting here in the command center. And today, I want to say thank you to everybody who's on Stitcher, who's on iHeartRadio, who's on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple whatever, everything else, Google Play Store, everybody out there, thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for all the reviews. Spotify, you guys have been blowing it up. So thank you guys for all the support. I really do appreciate it. And you know what else I appreciate? That NASA has announced new partners to go back to the freaking moon. NASA is going to be partnering with a bunch of companies. A bunch of companies to go back to the moon. A bunch of uh, commercial companies. Nine of them. And they're now eligible to bid on NASA delivery services to the lunar surface. To the moon surface. Through commercial lunar payload services contracts. Which is a CLPS. And is one of the first steps towards long-term scientific study and human exploration of the moon. And eventually Mars. So what that means is that they're taking baby steps. They're doing... Small missions to to uh, the moon first. They're doing medium-sized missions to the moon. And then they're going to be doing human exploration of the moon. Once again, and this is all happening within the next 10 years. Within the next 10 years, we're going to be see we're going to be seeing people working on the moon again. We're going to see robots on the moon sooner than you think. And then we're going to have rovers up on the moon doing some science. And these commercial companies are going to be working with NASA. I'm going to list them out for you right now so you know who they are. Um, Astrobotic Technology, Inc., which is in Pittsburgh. Deep Space Systems in Littleton, Colorado. Draper in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Firefly Aerospace, Inc., which is in Cedar Park, Texas. Intuitive Machines, LLC, in Houston. Lockheed Martin in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, Mastin Space Systems, Inc. in Mojave, California. Moon Express in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Orbit Beyond in Edison, New Jersey. Congratulations to all those great companies for their success in this, um, in this new endeavor with NASA. How the heck is this even a thing? Did you imagine this was going to be a thing? I didn't. I didn't think this was going to happen. But these companies, they're going to be able to do small payloads, medium payloads, large payloads up to the moon. Like, that's what NASA is going to contract with them for. Because NASA wants to do things on the moon, and NASA doesn't want to send its own stuff up there. They're going to use these payloads and scientific instruments, and they're going to have these commercial companies work together with NASA to get stuff up to the moon and work together in harmony to better humankind and the cool thing when i listened to the um the uh, uh what's it called the news brief today the coolest thing that i saw was that nasa is going to open source 
all of its plans. So the um, basically whoever has the resources to go to the moon can use these blueprints. Basically, it's what you're what what I'm taking in. They're going to be able to use the blueprints of you know spacecraft, um, the way that spacecraft uh, interconnect, uh, things like that, modules and things like that. And just the technology behind everything is going to be open to the public. It's going to be open to everybody that has the opportunity or that wants the opportunity to go send things to the moon. It's kind of like the early stages of the Internet where everything was a wild west and everything was kind of like everything's out there. So you just make whatever you can. You have the money to do it. And if you have the resources, to do it. Here's the stuff and you go do whatever you want to do with it. And from there, there's going to be a universal um, kind of uh, a way to do things, you know, like right now there's it's I'm going to bring it back to the Internet because that's what I'm familiar with back in the day. There was no structure at all. You could use whatever technologies you wanted to use as long as it got the job done. Now, space is a little bit different. Space is a hardware game. Space is um, you have to join two rockets together, two spaceships together some way, and they need to pair and you need to transfer things between these two rockets, right? So there's these technical issues with that. But if there's going to be an open way to do that, there's going to be one way to do that for everybody, a universal system for everybody that wants to go to the moon, that wants to use these systems and do these cool projects for uh, science and technology. There is going to be the resources for you. Now, that being said, not everyone's going to be able to do it because, like I said before, there's not enough money to go around. But if you can get investors, you can do whatever you want with um, with the resources that NASA is going to provide you and NASA's partners are going to provide you. There's nine partners right now. They're going to be doing things in the future that we're that they're going to benefit everybody, all of mankind, not just this isn't a, a small focus, right? This isn't just, hey, let's go to the moon. Let's show off how cool we are. You know, like let's not show off how how big and tough we are. Like the first moon landings, they did that because we could. We also did that because we were in a in a war. We're in a cold war, and we wanted to show how tough we were. Now, this is for the betterment of humanity. This is so we can branch out to go to the moon, and then we're gonna go beyond because of this. This is the start. This is the very early stages of that. So these little steps, these baby baby steps. The small rovers, the small experiments, the small science, the small engineering changes into like a mid size, you know, and then it changes into a larger size. So big rovers, you know, car sized rovers on the moon. And then you get people involved. You launch people up there. And then from there, you use the things that you learn on the moon. You use it as a jumping point to get people more rovers more science, more technology out into the solar system, out onto Mars. So this is the very beginning step. Like this is this is how everything begins. This isn't small. This isn't a small step. This is a giant leap for mankind, if if you want to say that, because this is how you transfer and you you kind of go from everything's big with the government, right? Exploration has just been the government. Exploration has just been NASA. And they're constrained by 
the taxpayers. They're constrained by the government itself and what kind of budget they get. Now, if you kind of move that around to the commercial sector, it's kind of like when we had the United States Post Office and then UPS, FedEx, DHL, all of these commercial companies come in and I kind of used the model that USPS had to, you know, to make a better way of shipping products. That's it's sort of similar to that, but this is on a grand, like a grand, huge scale. And, you know, in the future, we're going to we're going to see the benefits benefits from this, um, you know, a million fold. They're going to be spending a contract value of two point six billion dollars during the next 10 years for all of these landers and rovers and exploration. Two point six billion dollars. That's going to commercial companies that's going to people that are doing real hard work real hard tough problems are going to be solved in these next 10 years but that's 2.6 billion dollars in the pockets of um you know to people that are doing these projects and they can be small or huge it's up to them whatever they want to do you know and so there's nine companies out there that are going to be doing this and you know it's gonna it's gonna be there for the future, for the next 10 years, we're going to have people back on the moon. People like human beings are going to be walking on the moon. And because of the technology that they lay down now, it's going to be a commonplace thing in about 10 years, 15, 20 years. People are going to be up there all the time. They may have a moon base. You know, during the press conference today, somebody asked if there's going to be people working and living on the moon. And um, the representative from NASA said, um, it doesn't he doesn't see a moon base right away, but he sees people, you know, visiting the moon, doing science, doing, you know, experiments and things like that. But then having a habitat up there, sort of like um, the the person asked if it's going to be the new International Space Station, kind of like instead of sending people to the space station, you send them to the moon and they do science up there as opposed to an orbit around the Earth. And the representative said, well, they're going to be up there, but they probably not going to live up there right away, but that might be a thing in the future. And they're going to find a way to use um, the moon's billions of tons of water as well in ice. So that's a, it's a huge thing, 10 years. And who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? What kind of science is going to happen? What kind of engineering is going to happen? And what's going to happen to our moon in the next 10 years? It's going to be like, it's going to be full of stuff. It's going to be full of rovers and people and um you know maybe a habitat eventually that would be some really insane science fictiony kind of stuff so here are the objectives this is straight from nasa.gov um, lunar surface objectives um here's number one orchestrate a lunar robotics campaign with a focus on growing commercial base of partnerships and activity that can support u.s science technology and exploration objectives include international participation where appropriate um, the next bullet is support a small commercial lander initiative with an initial strategic presence on the moon no later than 2020. So in a couple of years, we're going to have small things on the moon. Develop a mid to large scale lander initiative working towards human rated lander. This in initiative will focus on enabling commercial and international partnerships. Number three, well, I should say 1C. Uh, support an early science and technology initiative that includes lunar CubeSats, a virtual lunar institute, and other activities. Uh, number two, 
further enable and nurture entrepreneur, entrepreneurial and commercial market forces that will define long-term human exploration and exploration of the lunar surface. Number three, aggressively characterize lunar resources so that their potential future exploration exploitation can be addressed. So that's that's basically the um, number three, I presume, is, you know, use whatever's on the moon, whether it be uh, water ice, whether it be, you know, they said a lot during this presentation that they're going to be studying what kicks up when they land, what kind of dust kicks up when they land. So I don't know what they were getting at with that, but I'm assuming they're going to be using that to build things. I'm assuming they're going to be using that to build structures because you can't really bring a bunch of stuff up to the moon. That's going to be really expensive. So maybe using the resources there, maybe using the water ice there, melting it down and combining it with this, um, with the moon dust, with the moon surface to make, who knows, maybe huts, Adobe huts, you know, <laughs> who knows, like mud huts, basically moon mud huts. It's a possibility, you know, to, to store things or whatever. Maybe they could be the first step. You know, uh, there's also, of course, synthetic materials that we that are very light and we could probably bring up to the moon um, that would be, you know, wouldn't be too hard to bring up. And I'm sure some of these commercial companies will work on those kind of things, too, because once you open this up to people, they see all the money that they could be getting to build a lunar base. So that being said, um, you know, all these small companies, they can put rovers on the moon. But next thing you know, they're like, hey, I have an idea. Why do we keep sending these rovers up there? They're going to be doing science and stuff, but we need to protect the people when they get there. So let's develop a habitat for people and let's develop it with these new technologies that we've actually learned by sending these small rovers up to uh, to the moon. And, you know, we'll they'll go from there. So in the next 10 years people will be stepping on the moon again. That's the plan. People will be on the moon along with the tons of rovers, tons of robots and other cool stuff. And it's not going to stop there. We're going to Mars too. You know, that's, that's the next initiative, Mars and deep space objectives. Um, you know, rovers and things are going to go further than the moon off to Mars and beyond. I have a really cool podcast tomorrow. I have a really cool, um, a really cool subject about somebody who's planning to go to a moon of another planet, one of Saturn's moons, if you will. And this person has the backing of NASA. This guy's already a billionaire with a B and he wants to send spaceships to this moon on Saturn. And he wants to uh, look for life. Saturn's moon, look for life. That's it. That's the goal. That's the idea. That's what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow on the podcast. So I want to say thank you, everyone, for checking out this podcast. Thank you for all the support on uh, iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, every place that you get stuff, get podcasts like Spotify you guys are awesome. I, I mean, Spotify has just jumped up like crazy. Thank you for all the support on Spotify. And you know, if you want to support more, hit that subscribe button and leave a rating for this podcast, wherever you listen to it, anywhere that you listen to this podcast, 
and on YouTube as well, because it gets transported over to YouTube automatically. Just leave a comment, leave something. I want to interact with you guys. And I'm setting up a Discord server so we can talk about space, like fun space stuff all the time. Like there's going to be tons of nerding out on the Discord channel. So I'm setting that up tonight. It'll be available tomorrow. I'll let you guys know how to get to it. And um, from the mothership, the command center in the mothership, this is Will. Thank you again for listening to Space News Podcast. I'm out of here. I will see you tomorrow. We have ignition and liftoff. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com.